Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. The next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Last night, Derek Brunson uh, got himself a win. UFC Vegas 5 feels weird they're numbering these five like you know there's been a lot of fights in vegas but whatever to each his own i guess you got to hashtag something uh derek brunson middleweight veteran he i mean he really laid it on uh edmund shabazi and this was the uh this was one of those things where they were feeding him up derek brunson is a guy where you know i think he's pretty looked upon as perennial gatekeeper guy who is tough as nails been doing it forever um dangerous as hell but usually just dangerous as hell for a certain point i gotta tell you man i mean he's been looking pretty fantastic lately and he was he was a damn bulldog because he was mixing it up with edmund shabazian uh kid could just never get comfortable even in the first round people were like oh i thought edmund got the you know you know i saw him get the the flying the you know the the knee kind of out of nowhere but you just see it felt like Derek had a good plan to wear him down and I mean, second round came about and, and he was bludgeoning him in. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a complete wear down by the end of it. And quite frankly, it got to the point at the end of that second round, I was confused. I know the broadcast was confused. Did Herb Dean stop it? Uh, cause Derek ended up on top of him. He hit him with an elbow. Then he started pummeling him with some ground and pound. And it seemed like, Oh, like it, it, he looked out, out. And then they go to the, uh, they go to the corner and you have his uh, his coach there, our, our boy, uh, Coach Edmund. He's back and is like trying to yell around like the cut man and the doctors are flying in there. But he like hits this stool. And if it wasn't for that cage being there, he would have fallen ass backwards on it, man. Like he looked in no shape to go out there for that second round. It didn't take much longer. They only let him go out for another 30 seconds. Um so I think they did a pretty good job of protecting him, but they really, mo- they they really shouldn't have to even let him go out there. It really was silly because he was in no shape to fight, and uh, Derek Brunson ends up going to get the win. It's tough for Edmonds uh, Shabazian. You know, it's a couple things. You know, you feel bad for him. He's 22 years old, and you know he is a he's a guy where he's had some sensational wins in his early going here in the UFC. And so people have a, a lot of high hopes for him, but it's a big, it's a big step up, man. You know, I'm always talking about that. The, they throw these guys and they put them on a, a, a situation where they think, Oh, this kid can do it. 
you know, he's been he, he's been in the UFC and it's been first round knockout, first round knockout, first round submission. Let's put him in there with a guy who's fought champions before. And Derek Brunson, 36 years old, is I got to say it looked like grown man's strength against a, a kid who's still feeling out, you know, the physical world when when he's mostly been able to plow through people um and there hasn't been much resistance. This this time, uh, you know, he had to go against a force that was 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 giving something back to him, and it was an, it was a learning experience. Um, but you know, look, it's UFC, man. Like you, you, you know, it's mixed martial arts, and to have him at eleven and zero on this stage, and everybody thinking, you know, if you would have beat Derek Brunson, you know, you're being a top ten guy. It's not crazy to think if he gets that win, you know, he's lining himself up to 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 get to style bender by. 2021 it's not crazy to think that way um but it's also it's so young and you are putting him in this situation where he is uh he he can he can get ragdolled a little bit he can he can get bullied a little bit so it's a tough one for him i do feel like i, I thought it was garbage Derek brunson to get a bonus last night i thought that was pure trash i mean he had to, to be that kind of a guy where people are overlooking you and thinking you're going to go in there. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. I thought like, okay, you know, the kid looks like a stud. I think that, you know, Derek Brunson, once he gets past that first burst, I mean, he should be okay. But um, not the case, man. Really great performance by Derek Brunson. Shout out to him. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, look, he's won three straight. He's a top 10 guy. He's back in the mix, baby. He's back. He's, he's rolling blonde hair and all. Uh, Jennifer Maya got a win over Joanne Calderwood, won by Armbar. Armbars are never not gross to look at. Um, but Jennifer Maya, she got Joanne. And now it looks like uh, you had Valentina Shevchenko. She was calling her out afterwards. So it seems like we have ourselves a matchup for uh, the bullet. Uh, I will say, you know, we look, we got we got two reigning champs right now. At uh, at one twenty five and one thirty five, I guess slash one forty five, and, and Amanda Nunes, Valentina doesn't look like she has anybody in her class. Amanda Nunes doesn't look like she has anybody in her class. They're the only ones who look like they're in the the class for each other. I'm not saying that they should do that fight again. I don't think that's fair to Amanda. I think that she's uh, it. it I, I feel very similar to this the way I do to Alexander Volkanovsky versus. Max Holloway, even if the fights were close, even if you thought somewhat controversial, they did it twice and both times, uh, and both times one person got their hand raised. Um, I don't think it's crazy to say, Hey, can, can we, can we put that one to bed? So, you know, uh, let's, let, you know, we'll see if she can pull something out of it, but I mean, look, Valentina Shevchenko is an absolute savage. So, I kind of got to believe it to see on that one. Vizinda Luque got a win over Randy Brown. Sick KO, knee KO, and punches to uh, to get himself a victory. Uh, really excited. I mean, Vicente Luque comes out there, man. Like, he's got some sick maneuvers to go get wins, man. I mean, he really does. He he, he comes out there and just uh, absolutely bludges people with some, some sassy stuff. And uh, Bobby Green got himself a win over Lando Venata. Dominant win on his part. And so that was your uh, that was your main card recap from UFC Vegas. Shout out to Derek Brunson. It was a good win by him. I don't even know. It'd be interesting to see what's next for him. Um, you know, what direction do they go? He's uh, you know he's he has he, he has a loss to Yoel. He's lost to Israel. He's lost to Robert Whitaker. So a lot of those top guys, it's tough to find uh, a good matchup for him. 
as far as where he should go. He should definitely go up. Look, you're talking about he was number eight, beat number nine pretty soundly. Um, I mean, you know, even with that win, beating a guy who was behind him, I wouldn't say it's out of the realm that he should jump Kelvin Gaslam. I think that's probably, I don't think he should go too far high in the, uh, in the stands. Like, I think it should probably be either Kelvin or Darren give Derek a chance to beat one of those guys. I don't think that's one, either one of them should be too wary of taking because he's still a guy in the top 10. They kind of have to get right. And then if, if look, if, if, if Derek beats them, look, it's, it's probably hard. A lot of people will probably look at the part of that as hard times for them. You're not losing to uh, Derek Brunson, but Derek Brunson would be then four wins in a row. He's beaten, you know, top 10 ranked guys. You know, then he could probably be back in the argument for maybe getting a rematch against Robert Whitaker or Yoel or, um, you know, maybe get himself in one with a joker or get one against a killer gorilla or something like that to where he's at the point where he can start contending again. So I think that's probably the best place for him to go is taking on Darren Till, taking on Kelvin Gaslam. And I think that'd be pretty fantastic for him. I mean, we're looking at a division right now where you have uh, Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya squared off with one another. Robert Whitaker just had himself uh a, an exciting win over Darren Till. A lot of people didn't like that fight. I like that fight a lot. You guys know the way I raved about it last week. I thought that fight was uh nerve-wracking and thrilling. Uh Cannoneer is on the mend. He uh that it was revealed this week that he had a torn pec uh on the Luke Thomas show. So he is ideally looking to come back in the fall. And so the question becomes with him, like what what gets him because he's kind of the forgotten man in the middleweight division all the time, um, and also from the probably the standpoint of you know he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit older, and so you know I mean I guess nobody's older than Yoel Romero when it comes to the middleweight division, but you know he's our but like look this guy this guy's an absolute monster. I mean he's already beaten he's beaten the likes of Anderson Silva, he's beaten the likes of uh, Jack Hermanson. And B.J. Jacker Manson in in convincing fashion. So, you know, I don't really know what else you do with him other than does he sit by and wait? I guess he could, but it worries me that, like, you know, he's he's one of those guys where he feels like Cannoneer needs to go just get one more where it's like it's absolutely not deniable for him. You know, so could they end up going and doing Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier? I mean, yeah, I think they could. I guess question is, if you're Robert Whitaker, you're a former champ. You just got to win against a top five guy when you did the fight. Why do you want to go fight Jared Cannonier? I guess the only answer would be because we're the UFC and we tell you to. If you're Jared Cannonier, I think you probably do take that fight because, look, you've been slugging it pretty good. You're a big fella who's come down to middleweight and you've been you've been wrecking shops since you got there. Um, you take out the former champ. There's no denying you there. You go and beat him. What, who else has a claim at you? Nobody. So middleweight's fun, man. Middleweight has had a nice shot in the arm after I thought it was a little bit uh, lackluster for for somewhat, and some of that had to do with. Remember, it was you know after Michael Bisbing's thrilling win, and he won the title in thrilling fashion over Rockhold. Yeah, you know it had some little periods, but I think it's been pretty fantastic between Stylebender, Paulo Costa. Yoel's been in the mix. Yoel is one of my favorite fighters to watch. So those fights are always fun. But even with, you know, Jack being fantastic, Jared Cannonier is great. Now you have Derek Brunson back on the men. Maybe Edmund Shabazian gets back in there, put him in a fight with Uriah Hall. That's an all-time striker matchup, something like that. There's a lot of fun that goes on in this division. And I think that um, it's good to see. It needed a shot in the arm, and it's back there. I think I think they've put themselves in a good, good spot.
We continue on here on Fighters Fury on 790. The Ticket Tobin here with you on a Sunday morning. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Um, and uh, and has himself an easy Sunday, man. Crazy out there. Um, I wanted to get to this story. So Teofimo Lopez, who is just an absolute monster. This has been circling the wagon for a while where he was supposed to fight Vasily Lomachenko. It seems like those negotiations have uh, hit a snag and really a, a, a crashing halt as far as making this fight happen, which is a huge bummer because, you know, from my standpoint, uh, this was one of the most important fights to have. And just because this has been a, um, uh, it's such a good division. You know, we, we've had uh, some of these guys from the lightweight division on recently, Devin Haney, George Cambosis. You know, this is a, a dynamic division. And a lot of these guys are really, really young. And one of the things that is, you know, encouraging is it seems like they all do want to fight each other. I think all the guys, um, I think all the guys do want to go out there and they and they do want to go and try and make themselves, uh, you know, a, a legacy fighters, beat the best guys, all that type of stuff. Ryan Garcia, Gervonta Davis, all that type of stuff is, you know, we want to see these guys compete with one another and figure out who the best one is. And so I was I was thrilled to see this fight was going to happen, especially because I don't know how much Lopez is long for this division. It seems like this was going to be the last one and go. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, I get all these fighters wanting to make uh, a ton of dough because I'm for that. I'm for that. I, I, I'm a little bit, you know, and I, I talked about this very much with the, with the UFC position where, you know, I was uh, the numbers were never going to be bigger, and these UFC fighters, their numbers are purely uh, the the stars. Their, their numbers they are, are with pay per view are huge. It's a it's a big deal for them. So with boxing, it was going to be a little bit different because you you have a lot of these guys who have big guaranteed purses. Um, a lot of these times, these pay per views, they're not as good as what they're all cracked up to be. They all think that they're going to be monster pay per views, and they're really not. I would say the one that's kind of done the best out of what they thought it was going to be was was Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia. They were very pleased with what that did comparatively to what they probably thought it was going to do, just dipping their toes in the water, Fox getting into the game and all that type of stuff. And, you know, it turned out to be a, a really successful commercial fight for them. Teofimo Lopez versus, versus Vasily Lomachenko, you know, for, for one, you know, Lomachenko hasn't fought in a while. I do think that he had... A lot of hot momentum going his way, um, especially when he first burst onto the scene with ESPN and people were seeing him fight. They got to see the crazy workouts. He was, you know, becoming, uh, he had the nickname Nomaschenko. But uh, but it has been a, a lot of inactivity lately. And I know it's been for a lot of guys, but even more so going back. Um, and then with Lopez, Lopez is so young. Like, I do think that he's burst onto the scene pretty new. So the final offers, I guess, that were put forth with these guys, they were given something to the effect of, you know, a little over three million for Lomachenko, where Lopez and his side was getting uh, just over just over one million. And there's no audience, obviously. They got to do this in a closed set. But you know, I do think that they do have a couple things going for them. One, you know, if they were able to make this happen, um, you do have the benefit of being in this world where. There's no there. There's you know people still looking for entertainment. Not everybody's going out. It's not at you know it's not as shut down as it was. It wasn't like when the first you know the UFC first burst out of the scene. Um, 
And which, by the way, the UFC pay-per-views, I mean, they've reportedly been doing fantastic, uh, even outside of the the, 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 the Jorge Masvidal one. So it does feel like, it, you know, it does feel like they're in a right position to, to hop into this thing and, and do a good pay-per-view deal. Um, but, you know, if, if, you know, part of their purse is, is linked to audience in regards to these fighters where it's not with the UFC... I do think there is a, a little bit of a, a, a difference business side there. You know, these aren't, they're not able to have these guys sell a huge gate in Madison Square Garden or something like that because I, I think that would probably do pretty tremendous with these two individuals. But, you know, we're at a standstill right now. That, that, that can't happen. Um, and I don't know. Like, we're, we're still looking at, at things like, you know, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder and, you know, Canelo Alvarez and trying to make these fights happen. And, you know, eventually you have to get these guys out there and you do have to have the spite. You do, as as a sport, have to pivot. And they can't all just be non-competitive, uninteresting fights. You do have to have big-time fighters fight in competitive fights, even if an audience isn't able to participate. I, I don't know what the pivot is there for them to, uh, to try and draw more revenue for their boxers. Um... But from that standpoint, if it typically is one where, hey, you're used to making it off the audience and there is an audience, there, there does have to be some adjustment there. Um, you know, they shouldn't get effed over. I mean, Lord knows too many boxers have been effed over. But uh, that's not a, that's never been a thing with the UFC. Like, that's just not been a, a case for those fighters. You know, you never heard about what those guys make as a person, all that type of stuff. That's why that pay-per-view stuff and those guarantees are so important to them. Um. And I do think for Tiafimo, like, this guy has the potential to be a big star. It's a very hard fight, don't get me wrong, um, even though he's coming into it uh, probably the naturally bigger guy, um, a guy who can who, who's probably got the punching power advantage. We've seen Lomachenko be susceptible to be, putting on the cam- be put on the canvas before. And if you get this and you're at the age that he's at, um, you know, sky's the limit. It really is. Uh, I, I, I really, really do believe that for him, so... I hope that something comes of this because I don't want it to be a case where these guys are spinning their wheels and, you know, you end up in some of the cases of the most talented guys, but they don't fight anybody and nobody really gets to know anything about them. I think that what's more important than these guys' undefeated records uh, than anything is we continually we continually get to go and we get to see them fight. And I do think that you're seeing that in the bit with the UFC where, you know, certain guys are going out there. And they're putting on performances, and, and people are rem- uh, are remembering the name. Like they're going out there, and they're like, "All right, I'm 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 down with that guy. That guy is is going to be uh, a place where he's in my mind as a fighter. He's a guy that I, I'm going to continue to fight, whether it be like somebody like Sugar Sean O'Malley, Kamzet Himaev, all these guys. Like they're getting these opportunities, and and people are remembering from the MMA side. I do think there's a, a spot in boxing where, like, I think you know, it was good for like a guy like Shakur Stevenson to come out early and and, and kind of be the the guy who rolled out the red carpet for top rank. But there needs to be more that more of that, and the they they really do have to get their belief together to what is it going to take to get these guys out in front of some people? Because, you know, we can't, act, like, there's also plenty of fighters where they put on these big TV shows and it's more important that they're on TV early than the audience. They're papering that audience left and right. Uh, there was an interesting little note this week where uh, some people are speculating that Conor McGregor is hinting at a potential fight with 
many pockets. There was some confusion that was going on this week because, you know, there was this uh, this Kamzat Hamayev who's uh, who's blowing up, and you know everybody thinks he's the next Nurmagomedov and that he's he's crushing fools and. You know, he uh, he was putting out, you know, and so he's blown up and now his Twitter's going crazy and he's got Ali Abdelaziz on Twitter. So he's probably doing a lot of the, the trash talking for him, I'd imagine, uh, to try and, and, and churn up a fight. Um, I think we got a slower roll on, on it a little bit. Like this guy, look, this guy just burst onto the scene. The UFC, lo- you know, they love doing this with with sensations, and 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 I think comes it's been a uh, was a fun watch, and that's a cool story that he goes and he, he wins two fights on Fight Island. He outstrikes somebody a gazillion strikes to two over two opponents, and that he's gonna try and they're gonna try and get him on the DC card and all that type of stuff. I think that's 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 awesome. Um, you know, I saw Dana White saying, "Oh, maybe this guy is good enough to beat Kamaru." Usman. Well, let's you know, let's slow our roll a little bit. You know, let's slow our roll. When it when it comes to to stuff like that and 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 slow bake him you know him and Sean O'Malley and all these type of guys like that's supposed to be the next crop and what they did with Edmund Shabazian and you know bringing those guys giving them a little bit of a, a rub and a showcase but like you know with uh, with his manager trying to call out Connor and and Dana talking about oh and Dana saying that the Connor tweet was about I accept and then. ESPN reporting, uh, you know, Ariel Hawani spoke to Conor McGregor saying, well, no, it wasn't, you know, it's like, uh, what are we doing here? So I, uh, I, I just think that's, uh, that they, they, that it's been a very cool story, but I would just like, I kind of just want to see him. I don't even care if it's against anybody next. Like, I just want to see the guy go out there and, and, and pancake somebody again. It would almost like a, a wrestling squash match, if you will. It doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have to be against a top five contender. Like there's no need for that. Like I think that they are in this point where they can let the, the legend grow a little bit of him. I think it's been really fun and, and, uh, and that, you know, maybe he will be the next big thing and maybe he will be the next Khabib. He's only 26 years old. So much time left, man. So much time to, 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 to go forth with that. Apparently the, uh, but to, to get back to it. So the Connor, I accept to, it was reportedly, actually in reference to uh, Manny Pacquiao because then he put out some tweets in Filipino like I accept in Filipino and uh, that's been interesting you know the 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 sweepstakes for Manny Pacquiao has been interesting it was announced this week that Errol Spence uh, he was thought to be in the uh, the running for it he uh, he's now fighting Danny Swift Garcia they announced that so the uh, one of the best welterweights on the planet's gonna be back soon can't wait to see that fight um Danny Garcia always a fun watch for sure and from the standpoint of Manny okay there was some talk about maybe Terrence Crawford is in the mix you know does Crawford get a a chance to go at him um or does Manny do some kind of some kind of crossover fight with with Connor um look I don't hate it I I, I gotta be honest with you some people will hate it you know will kind of crap on it and uh and not want to see it but you know to me, right now, Connor's kind of without a path. There's not a great option for him. You know, like this week, Tony Ferguson threw out, I want to fight either Connor or Dustin. And who was the other guy that he threw out? He threw out one more guy. I don't want to uh, shortchange what uh, what he said. But he had three three biggest targets that he wanted to fight. Um, he said that he wanted to fight either uh, Connor Poirier, and then he wants, of course, he wants to fight the winner of Justin versus Khabib. And I do, uh, you know, like, look again. I- I've said this a lot with Connor. 
uh, you put any counterfeit out there, I'm going to be into it. Uh, you know, the guy gets a, a little bit of a bad rap now because he's so famous of, oh, you know, never fights anybody and counterfeits are overrated, all that stuff. No, they're, they're always an event. They're always fun. Let's do it. I, I can't wait to see it. Him and Tony, that's been an outskirts thing. Like, Tony versus Habib's always been the dream. Uh, we've seen Tony versus Gaethje. Uh, Gaethje pieced him up pretty bad. And I'm not going to say that I'm not interested in Tony versus uh, versus Conor McGregor, but I do think that there's something to Tony versus Dustin. That is just, I mean, it 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 gets your onions burning a little bit as a as a fight fan. That as violent as Tony versus Gaethje was, I almost feel like Tony versus Dustin could be another level. I really, really do. Look, Dustin's. I I really believe this. He's. He's the king of all of this stuff, of the king of chaos, the guy who goes out there and, and thrives in the violence more than anybody, more than Gaethje, because he's beating Gaethje. Remember that it was the, um, the hell was the thing that they fought for? Was it the most violent belt? You know, the most violent man or something? It was like Eddie Alvarez versus Gaethje. Dustin's beating them both, man. Like, I, I just, I think that it's, uh, it, it's one of those things where him versus Tony just, I think, is, is a home run fight. Uh, I even love if they did it on the card of of Cubby versus versus Justin Gaethje. So just in case maybe one of them wasn't able to go out there, um, you do have a, a swap in right there if possible. But man, I love that fight. And so for us, con- yeah, yeah, Tony's a great option for him for sure. And if he beats Tony, that's bar none a fight that gets him a title fight uh, and a deserved title fight. Um, doesn't seem like Connor's any interest to fight Dustin Poirier because of how easily he beat him at featherweight. Other than that, I don't know what's out there for him. I really, really don't. I thought Masvidal was the perfect fight for him if he was going to make the jump to 170, if Masvidal had won the welterweight title. And I still believe that. That's still one that could happen. But I would think they should wait to see if George is able to go and win the welterweight title. If he's able to go win the welterweight title... All right, then we'll go have a conversation about it. But Jorge seems more locked in on fighting Kamaru, um, which is great. The fight did great business, so maybe they do it again and you do the whole full training camp thing. Or maybe he has to go fight somebody else. But I just feel like, you know, the uh, he he's already shown Jorge that he doesn't need Conor McGregor right now to be a hugely successful star. And that is awesome for him. You know, he kind of can march to his own drum and that's tremendous. Like he really could go fight Leon Edwards or he could fight Colby Covington or he could fight a rematch of Kamara or, you know, maybe he's the one who could lure GSP out of retirement. Who knows? He really could Nate Diaz fight again, Nick Diaz. You know, he could put all this stuff that's out there because he's a legit, he's a legit pay-per-view star right now. There's not, there's very few in the game who can headline and and say they could draw a million pay-per-view buys. And now he's one of those who can do that. Um, so he doesn't really need Connor and Connor doesn't really need him. So my roundabout way of saying all this is, I don't know if there's a perfect, uh, MMA opponent for Connor right now. Uh, Habib and Justin, uh, Gaethje are going to fight each other in October. So what's he supposed to do? Why not fight? Why not fight Manny Pacquiao? Be a huge event, do a ton of pay-per-view. Um, you know, like, and I just think that I, I think I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a, it's an all action fight. Um, I don't think Connor's gonna win. I still think that he gets smoked by Manny Pacquiao, but man, I just think it's a fun visual. 
I think that uh, it'll be it'll be a little interesting to see how Connor goes at Manny Pacquiao because Manny is not you know he's not going to jaw him back and forth like um, like him and Floyd did. But I do think there's more of an element of Con- uh, Manny's been knocked out before. Uh, Manny is maybe Manny's dangerous. Uh, Manny's a little bit more dangerous to go knock him out in a, in a stunning fashion as is Connor to knock him out because he has been uh, put on the canvas before. So I like it. I gotta be honest with you. Like out of these crossover fights that we put forth, um, that one interests me. A lot of the times the ones that actually don't interest me right now are Floyd fights. Um, you know, just cause it's just not that thrilling. Honestly, you know, the Floyd Connor fight was one of the more interesting. The, the most fun Floyd fights we've had in a long time. So maybe they could do that again. But I think that, uh, I think right now, just because of the timing of things, I wouldn't hate doing a Conor Manny fight. And look, you know, as great as it is for these welterweights who want to fight Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao has done so much in the fight game and done so much for boxing. He really doesn't owe it to anybody in the sport to be just a name they build off of. All love to Terrence Crawford, and I love Terrence Crawford and, and and the fighter that he is. Manny doesn't owe it to Terrence Crawford to go and fight him just so Terrence can build his name off of him. This isn't WWE. Manny's, you know, Manny's paid his dues and then some. You know, I I feel the same way about Floyd Mayweather. I feel the same way about all these legends. I don't feel like they owe anything to these young fighters to go and fight them just so they can build a name. You know, if you get, if you want to build your name, go fight on the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones card and, and see if that helps build your name. But, uh, I don't hate Conor McGregor versus, versus Manny Pacquiao. I think it'd be kind of cool. We're back after this. Welcome back everybody. Funders Fury here on 790 the ticket to open it with you. Uh, a couple of other boxing notes. Cause we were talking about the welterweight division a little bit. I do want to update you on this. So yeah, I mentioned Errol Spence, Danny Garcia. That looks like it's going down. In November, November 21st, the two will be taking on each other. Fox pay-per-view. I think that's going to be a fun fight, man. I think that's going to be a fun fight. I do favor Errol Spence to go get the win. I guess the only thing that we didn't really need to, you know, the thing that would have been uh, concerning is, you know, he just had that, you know, dance with with fate with his crazy car crash. You know, but man, I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I do get a bias for guys that I see live and in person. And I didn't, you know, I was so off on Errol Spence because I remember going into that fight thinking, oh, I think my, I thought Mikey Garcia was going to box his socks off. I thought Mikey Garcia didn't have any weaknesses. And I knew that he was taking up a big, um, a big leap in size. But I'm never, you know, I you see this, I think, in, you know, sometimes I think in boxing it's a little oversold. I just thought, I thought that Mikey Garcia brought the better skills. And what we saw in that fight, and I saw this from from uh, ring level, about you know ten yards back from 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 the uh, from the ring, I was just so impressed by what Errol Spence brought, uh, Spence brought to the table. And I don't know uh, who I see beating him in the welterweight division. Maybe Terrence Crawford for sure. I'd love to see it. Don't know if we're ever going to get it. Um, but I I, I really uh, this is a fun fight. I'm looking forward to it for sure. And we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see that one coming up in November. And I'm glad that, you know, even if there's isn't going to be a, a case where there's going to be a crowd, who knows, it is going to be November. I guess it's kind of a wild card for right now. Um, it is, uh, I think it's smart. I think it's smart. Big time boxers, put them on pay-per-view and, uh, and, and, and make a lot of noise that way. I think it's great. Uh, there's also reports that Terrence Crawford, speak of the devil, he is going to be 
were fighting in November as well. There's talk. They were talking about the the 14th, the 21st. Obviously, um, if Spence is fighting on the 21st, Crawford's not going to do that. I do think that Spence is a little bit of a bigger name, so I think that'd be kind of stupid. But I do think it is smart that they fight around the same time because then maybe we could talk about okay them being on a collision course to fight one another. Um, you know, the 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 quotes coming out this week were not fantastic about him and Pacquiao actually happening. There's a lot of heat. There was some heat this week between him and, and Gary Russell Jr. And, and Gary Russell saying that he'd like to, you know, come way up and wait and to, to fight him. You know, I, I don't hate it. I think it's, you know, it'd be at least one of the most, um, one of the best names on his resume. So I think that that'd be, that'd be a, a fun bout to do between them if they could make it, even if uh, Crawford is coming in there with a great size advantage, a great strength advantage. And if they have this heat, I think it's, I think one of the things that's good is, Crawford is such a silent assassin and it's so hard to really like get him going. If you could get anybody who could poke the bear and show that side of him, because he's very violent in the ring, like he'll go and take your soul in the ring. But you know, it's hard to get that, that persona to come out for him. So if somebody could make that case, somebody could get that uh, to rattle a little bit. I think that would be a lot of fun. As far as what's coming up next week, as in the uh, the UFC, you got uh, next week. You got uh, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. He is going to be taking on Alexi Olinick, who is the ageless wonder. He just uh, just had his fight where he demolished uh, Fabricio Verdum, which I don't know how much you want to MMA math what stuff is going down, but hey, look, he looked fantastic in that fight. Thought Fabricio Verdum did not look like himself. Not trying to take away credit, I just don't think that he looked. Uh, tremendous in that fight. Question is going to be with this one is uh, if you're Alexio Linux, like, do you even want to try and engage in a, in a slugfest with Derek Lewis? And then, you know, if Derek gets into one of those positions where Alexi's going for a submission and ends up in a, uh, in a rough spot, like, you know, could it make for a really ugly fight? And he has to come up with one of those haymaker hail Mary bombs to get himself out of it. It's always it's always a question with Derek. Uh, it's gonna be a fun fight week lead up, I'm sure, because he's always great with that type of stuff. Um, you know, he's got a couple straight wins, so he gets this in. Maybe he, you know, he can cl- climb his way back into the uh, title picture. Don't forget, he does have technically a win over Francis Ngannou. So, um, you know, and Francis is skyrocketing to the top of the division as well. And who knows what happens with the two uh, the two main eventers that are coming up. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of stake for him. I really, really do. Chris Weidman's also going to be uh, going to be uh, in the co-main event against Omari Akhmadev. Um, so you'll see the former middleweight champion in action as well next week. I think actually the fight that I'm probably the most excited about, though, next week is on Bellator, uh, which I haven't been saying much because, you know, definitely have been giving Bellator, you know, it's been tough because Bellator actually hasn't been in action very much. They just started up last week. But... I haven't been thrilled with what they've had over the last year, um, year plus, even if we were to go back into 2019, where I thought they had a lot of momentum for a little bit there, especially with some of the young guys that they had in there. Uh, I did watch last week's card. Wasn't tremendous. Sergio Pettis looked good. I did, you know, and the one thing I didn't love is that Aaron Pico, who I think is, you know, one of their bright young stars, even though he's had some real rough patches to the start of his career is, you know, I feel like they're going to turn him into an overly cautious fighter and not as exciting, even though, and, and it's like they're praising that too, which is weird. Like they, 
like they're coddling Aaron. Like, you know, Aaron, you know, good for you, Aaron. You fought smart. You didn't fight dumb. Uh, it's like, well, you know, his fights were fun, man. Even if, even if he did lose, I mean, they were thrilling. But you guys have an awesome main event. Michael Chandler, Ben Henderson are going to be taking on each other. Uh, love watching. You know, you, you, I, I would say it's probably a, a contrast of one of my least favorite fighters to watch in Ben Henderson against uh, against one of my favorite fighters to watch in Iron Michael Chandler. I love watching Iron Michael Chandler fight, and I think this is going to be great. You know, he won the split decision against him back in 2016. So we'll see what comes of this one. It should be good. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I'm going to be picking Iron Michael to get the win on this one. Um, you also have on this car, you have uh, Matt Mitrion taking on Timothy Johnson. So uh, old uh, Matt Mitrion will get to do a little bit of uh, looking to bounce back and get things right for himself. Because Matt hasn't picked himself up a win since 2018. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's always good to see. It's always an interesting fight, fun fight week when you have that as well. Um and the other one that's going to be interesting, of course, if uh, we got we got the uh, the hometown, the hometowner, Valerie Lareda is going to be on the card. So if you guys are looking for a hometown kick next week, you have the pride of the 305, Valerie Lareda on the card, Taekwondo master, and she's going to be taking on Tara Graf, who is one and one in her career, Valerie uh, two and zero in her start, and it's been a while since she's been in the cage. So. Uh, been dealing with some injuries and all that type of stuff, but she's been uh, training like a beast in the pandemic. So should be good to see her in action. You guys can check that out next week. If you guys are looking to uh, get a little bit of a local tie, Bellator's got that for you next week. No, everybody's been talking about the, uh, the pursuit of Paige Van Zandt. She made some news this week. Apparently um, there's been some rumors on Twitter that she's going to be fighting BKFC. I don't know how, you know, it's always tough with this, you know, with this damn BKFC because they throw out such big numbers all the time. But you don't know how legit they are. She did tweet out. She did tweet out a, uh, a post on Instagram of like it was like her and her husband. And she was putting like money sign emojis as oh, we don't have nothing to worry about now. Paid Van Zandt had posted on her Twitter account. Uh, Keep those shades on, baby, because our future is bright. Wink a face emoji, uh, dollar sign emoji and sunshine emoji. And actually, funny enough. It looks like that she was in town recently because she uh, she was training at American Top Team with Valeria Lareda. So that was kind of cool. So shout out to Paige Van Zandt for taking the uh, the South Florida visit. And if she does go to BKFC, that'd be kind of badass too. Um, it doesn't sound like the UFC is uh, very promising. They both sound like they were very publicly ready to break up, and um, which is a bummer because I do think that Paige... Paige was a fun fighter to watch. I mean, she, you know, even the fights, once the arm breaking became consistent, it was, it was getting a little bit rough to watch, but you know, she did have some, some pretty thrilling knockout wins and even in the losses, I mean, she was tough as hell. I mean, she had like crimson mass fought with broken arms. She was tough as hell. So I think she's made, I, you know, I know she's got a pretty face, but I think she's made for BKFC. Just that gnarly attitude. She's a pit bull, man. So um we'll keep following what's going on with P- pvc for sure and then of course we got coming up next week uh, in just a couple of weeks we have the heavyweight showdown between daniel cormier and steve miacic but we'll get to that throwdown when we get a little bit closer to it everybody have a great rest of your week thank you so much for tuning in to fighters fury and we will talk to you guys same time same place next sunday we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.